While they're all talking state standards, we're sitting on a bar stool making fun of them. Classroom Brew Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Uh, if you are new to the podcast, welcome to it. My name is Ryan. I'm a teacher, coach, instructional coach. Run this podcast, and um, as we as we do that, I want to point out a, a big shout out to our Patreon members for supporting the show. If you want to go above and beyond to support the show and also get some access to podcast merch and some bonus slash exclusive content only for Patreon, just go to Patreon.com/slash/ClassroomBrew. The as the siren goes on. In the background, the city emergencies never, never stop, even when we have a podcast to record. Um, as the school year is winding down, I school year as the summer break, as our summer break is winding down, you can see I'm still on summer brain here. Um, there's this statement from College Board. Uh, so I guess that's where we will cheers for this one and start off. I'm, I got a one of those tequila high noons because. I accidentally got the tequila version, and I want to get rid of them, so that's what we're doing for this one. So, cheers. Um, we're not sponsored, so I can state that they're not my favorite. I will say that. I'm not a fan of the tequila seltzers. But anyways, uh, the state of Florida is at it again, if you haven't seen or heard about this. Um, I'll, you know, I'll just I'll read the statement from, from College Board. So it says, We are sad to have learned that today the Florida Department of Education has effectively banned AP psychology in the state by instructing Florida superintendents uh, that teaching foundational content on sexual orientation and gender identity is illegal under state law. This is that don't say gay bullshit that they're pushing. Uh, The state has said districts are free to teach AP psychology only if it excludes any mention of these topics, these essential topics. As we shared in June, We cannot modify AP psychology in response to regulations that would censor college-level standards for credit, placement, and career readiness. Our policy remains unchanged. Any course that censors required course content cannot be labeled AP or advanced placement, and the AP psychology designation cannot be utilized on student transcripts. Which is a real shame for the kids that are in... uh, the students in Florida that actually want to go into that field or just have an interest in that subject, whether they want to get into it or not. So thanks a lot, Florida, for yet again limiting the uh, not only the the potential belongingness for students who may be questioning these these topics in their own or even people who can't appropriately address these comments, because all it's going to do is lead to kids going to other sources, other untrustworthy sources like the internet, perhaps, to, uh, to learn about these things. Um, so that's pretty sad that even topics like gender identity and sexual orientation, essentially banning a course because it's a piece of it, 
uh, Florida had to had to step in there and uh, say something about it. So I'm uh, I'm sure teaching in Florida is already a challenge in itself with all the the crazy gator shit. But all the all the uh, the stipulations that they're putting on teachers, I feel like we're always talking about Florida. So if they could just uh, fucking cool it, <laughs> that would be that would be dope. So uh, that's a shame. As someone who also teaches AP psychology. And a lot of times, I don't claim to be the expert, but a lot of times the section where we talk about gender identity and sexual orientation uh, is kind of the biggest like Q&A and also researching side by side. Uh, it's in no way indoctrination. It's in no way like whatever bullshit they're trying to say. Um, it's truly a learning experience uh, to learn as much about others and or yourself as possible, uh, depending on where you're at. Uh, and I say that for myself as well. I learn something uh, pretty much every year. Uh, so it's sad to see that that's being uh, censored. There's no better word for it than than censored uh, with a C, obviously. Uh, anyways, on to, on to more optimistic news. There, the, uh, the strikes in England have ended. I guess there are multiple unions for the, the teachers. It says, uh, t- this is from uh, BBC News. Uh, Teacher strikes over pay have ended in England. Uh, after all four unions in dispute with the government accepted a 6.5% pay increase. Uh, that essentially equates to, t- oh, sorry, sorry. Um, I almost said dollars. This is euro- euros. They're not pounds. That's pounds. Right? Pounds. All right. So that's, uh, oh, geez, mental math right now. So it, what was it? Oh, so they put it for me. So 2,500. Oh, geez, that's 6.5%. Oh, what is that? Four, 40-ish thousand dollar, uh, euro, franc, pounds, whatever their their currency is. So it seems like they're still pretty underpaid. I don't know what that would translate to in terms of the cost of living in the U.S. Um, so I guess that's good that the strike is over. What I like about it, even though I'm sure the figures are still bullshit um, and way too low, like, gee, thanks, 2,500 bucks. Uh, Thanks a whole bunch uh, over the course of like a year. But I like that it's like, yeah, the issue was fucking pay, dude. And that's okay. Any other profession, you know, they go on strike over financial, uh, financially related stuff or working condition stuff. So it's okay if teachers also are striking on behalf of their compensation. The whole point of unions (laughs) being... (laughs) Fair compensation and working conditions. So that's kind of fun. Uh, good for you, England. Keep keep. Go. Hopefully, it's an six point five percent annual, and then maybe within thirty four years, we'll be almost halfway caught up uh, <laughs> across the board for teaching. Uh, anyways, so this is more of a this is a local story from it was WLTX. Where is WLTX? Uh, this is about uh, mothers in Kershaw County whose daughters also entered into the, the teaching profession. Uh, what is it, South Carolina, right? Yeah, South Carolina. Uh, so they duped him, I guess. But let's see if there's going to be an ad if I play this. We are not going to give an ad for free. And it's not playing at all. Um, but essentially, there are, uh, in the same school district, which is kind of cool, uh, there are these two... Um, parents who are going to be quite literally working with their child in the school as colleagues, fellow, uh, fellow teachers, if you will. 
As students head back to class in Kershaw County tomorrow, the school year marks a special beginning for four teachers. Notably, two mother-daughter duos who are preparing to walk the hallways together. Man, they duped him. I can't even imagine that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to see what's up. I'm not going to judge it. Walker Lawson. A new school year signifies fresh opportunities. And for four teachers in the Kershaw County School District... By the way, they enter the room with so much optimism. I love it. The joy on their faces. ...year is especially significant. Well, I know growing up, not many... There were a lot of teachers' kids, but not many wanted to be teachers, so it's just exciting to know that I wasn't the only one. The phrase... <laughs> Especially right now with the teacher shortage and the lack of respect for teachers, is for sure. So it's nice to see that there are people that are just, like, passionate about it. Her mom's next to her for this, by the way, and she just looks so proud of her, which is so sweet to see. Mother, like daughter, rings true for Wendy and Kaylee Mullis, as well as Angel and Renee Cook. Kaylee and Angel are entering their classrooms for their first full year of teaching. And they won't be doing it alone, as their moms, Wendy and Renee, are working alongside them. In I like, though, that they had to stage. They put the camera in there and turned the lights off. And they're like, I want you to enter like it's the morning. <laughs> no one's in the room filming you enter your classroom. District. And just seeing how what she loves it really inspired me. She always had Aww. students in and out of her room for she just impacted their, their lives so well, and so I wanted to do that too. I Both Angel and Kaylee are spending the final moments preparing their classroom alongside their moms during a time when teaching has become more challenging. Nevertheless, it fills both mothers with pride to see their daughters eager to help educate the younger generation. No, it's, it's hard to get um, teach people to come into the profession and then they're leaving the profession. So for her to, um, you know, to see that all that's going on and all the negatives that are, you know, associated with teaching now and still want to do it, um, it's, it's just amazing. It's exciting to see that she, in spite of knowing the obstacles and the challenges, that she still wants to teach. That does say a lot, too, because, like, you're going to get the uncensored thing from your parent about what it's like. Well, I mean, actually, I don't know. I, I feel like they're not going to shield them from this. So you're getting, like, like, if you had a parent that went through, that's <laughs> going through that profession, and you still grew up to do it, you, you've got to be motivated for it. In Kershaw County, I'm Walker Lawson. Oh, that was the end of it. I don't know. We have a couple staff members who are, are related. Um, like, we have a few generations of, of a family uh, that work in our school, which is very cool. I, I feel like, personally, I wouldn't like that. Like, I have a, a sister who's been on the podcast way in the past. I have a sister who was a teacher, but I don't know if I'd want to like work in the same building because the dynamic of siblings is going to be different than your professional like dynamics, right? I don't know if everyone would handle that very well, let alone a parent. Um, so props to them for being able to to navigate that, and that's probably super cool. I feel like the job security has to be insane. Not that it's like nepotism, but like, but two duos and they're in the same building as their parent. Like that's got to be. Uh, complicated, if you will. Um, like, I don't know, we're, we're thinking about this a lot because like, we have some vacancies um, that are, I mean, we have like a week or two until school starts for students uh, by the time the episode comes out. And like, we still have vacancies and classes where it's like a cohort that you are supposed to loop with from year to year and they don't have anyone assigned to it. Uh, and I, this is strangely with, you know, the teacher shortage, there are not that many positions that are being posted either, despite there being vacancies. I'm not really sure. Like I know in our building, we had a turnover of uh, quite literally six teaching positions 
which is a large number. It's a large number regardless. But I mean, what percentage is that? I mean, we have a smaller staff. That's like what? Exactly. What well, we got? Twenty-five. That's like a quarter of our staff because <laughs> we have a smaller staff because we're a smaller school. Uh, student population-wise, the building's huge. Uh, I don't know, and I'm I'm also worried personally. I don't know people who return supplies like you know, like projectors or laptops or keys, things like that. It, it's going to be my first year doing that because I would always hang on to that stuff because I was going to be there all summer anyway for uh, for coaching. But since I I'm no longer coaching football anymore. Uh, that's stuff that I had to turn back in because I wasn't going to be there. Uh, we also had to rekey the entire building, but there, there's just so many things that are up in the air. E- even things like, you know, who's going to be consistent about holding expectations for kids? Uh, why are they adding kids to my roster who shouldn't be on this roster? Like kids who already passed this class or somehow on it again, or <laughs> kids that uh, needed to be in this class last year to. Uh, be in it again this year uh, they were added in for some reason just because people are just throwing things shit against the fan and seeing what happens uh there's so much that's going on and i'm seeing too that there are more and more districts that are just pushing people into credentials or even pushing them into uh teaching positions without with or without credentials because it's just such a a thin market you know (laughs) like no one wants to do this shit anymore like they're lowering requirements and stuff. Low, I can't speak today. I had one high noon and I'm like feeling it. Uh, lowering, <laughs> lowering the uh, requirements to become a teacher. I don't know if that means that I'm a, a, what is it to be a highly qualified teacher? I think you just have to have a license, to be honest with you nowadays. That's all it is. Uh, they don't even look at anything else, uh, which is a little bit scary. But so, yeah. Um, yeah, and I mentioned too at the top of it, I think I wrote some notes for this episode on uh, there are more and more uh, book donations that are happening because more teachers, and not just in Florida, but like you know, mostly in Florida, uh, people are not allowed to like choose books without you know fear of backlash or losing their job. So with all these bans on books taking place and don't say gay laws and all these things that are going on, uh, no one wants to just burn a book, you know, like Fahrenheit 450. Is that Fahrenheit 451 or whatever? I don't know. Like Third Reich uh, burning the books. No one wants to do that, even though I feel like that would send a clear message on what Florida's doing. Uh, but this fear over what to teach and, you know, not even just uh, what books, but what topics in general, uh, there's been an influx in uh, this article is actually from Tallahassee. So look at that, uh, where teachers are donating books. Just for the sake of, or even reselling, just for the sake of not destroying them, even though they can't really use them uh, in their in their classroom. So I, I don't know. It, it is what it is. It's such a scary environment right now. I, I feel very lucky, very fortunate, and I hope you guys do too. If you are in a in a district or in a school or with an admin that uh, doesn't do that to you, doesn't put you in that situation. I don't know what the salary is to teach in Florida, but whatever it is, is not enough. Um. Yeah. Anyway, so I, I saw this. This will be, I guess, one of our last things here. This was a uh, YouTube. Uh, it sounds so old. This is a YouTube. Uh, and it was tips from acclaimed teachers on classroom management. And I know that some people are pre-service teachers or teachers within their first uh, year or two. And that's usually the, the thing that people 
are concerned with the most early in their career or, or just in general. That Mr. White's numero uno most importante rule in the classroom. I guess YouTube's just going to play whenever it wants to. We have a running joke that Mr. White's numero uno most importante rule in the classroom I guess, is no horseplay. So I guess like, this is from uh, Education Week, by the way. So these are some tips from acclaimed teachers, and I guess his is uh, no horseplay, kiddos. Um, yeah. Clear understanding that I have expectations and guidelines for them to live by. Again, 2023 state teachers uh, were giving tips to new teachers. I think if I could go back and tell myself, my first year teacher self, one thing, it would be to explain my decision making to my kids. Like one big one. And I love that tip, but there are some times where in the moment, and this is me giving my take, and I am not one of these acclaimed teachers that Education Week has <laughs> selected, but I've found too that there are some students that the explanation in that moment at least is not going to be received either well or at all because they just see red. So no is a complete sentence. In first grade is the kids will lean back on their chair. You know, they'll put the chair on two legs and I'll say, okay, four on the floor. And I'll say, because if you fall, that's really going to hurt. And I'll say that probably 186 times in the first. And that makes sense too for, for elementary kids. Because, you know, they actually are learning. They do need that foundational stuff. I think morning meetings are so essential to, a, to building relationships with students and just getting to know them. And when you meet with them, you are modeling uh, your expectations. And so I believe in modeling. I believe in role playing what I expect. I believe in role playing what I don't expect. Everything I do is designed for your success. Not only. And I like to, and granted, morning meetings are not always possible uh, at every school or every grade level, but I do like the idea of modeling. Uh, we talk about that a lot when it comes to even professional courtesy among <laughs> teachers and the way that they. Uh, address each other or talk about each other when they're in front of the person or not, um, which is modeling those good behaviors and just holding those expectations. I'm super scared about the consistency this school year because that was the issue last year. Well, I tell my students that I show my students in everything I say and everything I do and in the ways I respond to them, in the ways I listen to them. I want them to know that I care. The relationships that we have are essential and uh, the morning meetings are a big part of that where we really get to know each other and set the expectations for the year. Whatever classroom management um, style you decide to uh, take on, make sure that whatever norms you have or expectations or agreements are short. I would say no more <laughs> than one or two norms, agreements, or expectations. And making sure that that one expectation is very, very simple. That I have Keep it simple, yeah. I do like that. Like, I don't have, I look around my room, I don't have any classroom rules signed on. Because it's so clear students know what my expectations are. By not having to live by a poster on the wall, um, I get to just talk to the students. And by making those expectations clear, I don't have to point and say what rule you're breaking on the wall. Like they know what they're violating in my expectations. And I love it. And it's, it's obviously way more simple than they're putting it. I, I have to push a little bit where I, I don't think that every single uh, classroom, like it, it's, in theory, it's so simple. You could just say, hey, don't get in the way of your learning or at the very least, don't get in the way of someone else's learning if you're not making that choice. Uh, in my case, it sounds like the other adults, they, they want there to be visual proof around the room and visual reminders of those <laughs> expectations. Uh, so I do have a poster 
And it started off very simple where it was just like, hey, don't get in the way of learning either someone else's and hopefully uh, your own as well. Uh, but it, it has become this thing where I've had to make it more explicit, like sex, like example by example, different categories, which is a real shame. I think when Hayden was on, we talked about like there are things in place that are punitive, but unfortunately that's what works to get the kids to respond or not do or make the right choice uh, or correct their behavior because some of them just don't give a shit. Uh, I'm not saying that's all students, but uh, if you've read Harry Wong's The First Days of School, I honestly, I have to be honest, I have not read it. Haven't read it. I know the importance of The First Days of School and his thing is all about routines. Uh, my One of my old middle school teachers actually listened to the podcast years ago when we started. We're talking more than five, six years ago. And it came up in like episode two or episode, a single digit episode number. Uh, and he actually sent it to me uh, at the school that I work at, which was really cool. Uh, but uh, point being, there's no right or wrong way to do it. In a perfect world, yeah, you just set expectations and the kids know it and you just have a conversation. But <laughs> it's just so simple in theory, but in practice, who knows? It, it is what it is. But uh, anyways, if you're in PD week or if you've already started, I hope it's going well. I just finished up uh, some PD for, for Embark, uh, which if a uh, pro tip, I guess, if you want you know PDs to go well, just, just feed the educators. Give one less logistic one less thing for them to worry about because we have such decision fatigue as teachers. So it's nice when <laughs> something's taken care of, you can just show up and be present and not worry about the other stuff for a little while. Um, but yeah, so that's that PD stuff is now uh, over by the time the episode comes out and we'll just be focusing on getting ready for the year and trying to refresh. And I am trying to tell myself that it is uh, the summer countdown might be coming to a close, but at least we are that much closer to the big wedding day and being out of the country for two, <laughs> two full weeks. Uh, but anyways, hey, thank you guys so for, for listening. If you have any thoughts on this one, this is kind of like a end of summer getting ready for the school year episode, if you will, uh, inadvertently, really. And I guess a bit of a vent about censorship of curriculum. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I hope it's going well, or I hope your summer went well and the beginning of year is starting to ramp up nicely, hopefully not too painfully. I feel like school year 2021 to 2022 was one of the worst ones. Last year was better. So hopefully this year is continually, you know, or continuing the trend of, uh, continuing the trend of improving. Couldn't think of the phrase there for a second. Because, uh, yeah, we don't want to have a bad year. We want to just be happy and uh, minimize the frustrations. So, but uh, patreon.com slash classroom brew for all that bonus content and podcast merch. Uh, you can also, if you want to be on the show, you can email me classroombrew at gmail.com or at classroombrew on social media. That's also, even if you don't want to be on the show, uh, you can reach out if you have an article, uh, if you want to just like give your thoughts on something, even if you disagree with me, that's fine too. Um, I am by no means the end all be all. Um, and we appreciate it when you guys actually reach out and, uh, and talk to us. So anyways, hope you're doing well, uh, staying safe and enjoying the last bit of summer, but until next week, class dismissed.
This is Classroom Brew.